Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Great. Now I get to be a stripper. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Oh, yeah. Dude, hours after our last podcast and Trump gets the COVID. God. What happens this week? Well, let's find out. Welcome to the Chad and Cheese Podcast, everybody. I'm your co-host, Joel Hot for Teacher Cheeseman. And I'm Chad Jamie's Crying So Wash. On this week's show, Alio comes into view. Glassdoor puts a number on workplace DNI and strippers are taking back the power. What? Quit running with the devil and dancing the night away. Go ahead and jump. We'll be right back. Sovereign Parser is the most accurate resume and job order intake technology in the industry. The more accurate your data, the better decisions you can make. Find out more about our suite of products today by visiting Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N.com. We provide technology that thinks, communicates, and collaborates like a human. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Panama curses 2020 Panama huh, uh, 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 uh. so Eddie Van Halen 65 years old dies yep. of cancer go figure in 2020 2020 yep. the grim reaper fucking buffet special yeah I won't even say what I said off off camera or offline uh about who would be next because I'll, I'll jinx jinx the world but dude Van Halen, I remember, so mem- quick memories of Van Halen. Uh, yes. 1984 comes out. Too you easy. and I are conveniently 13 when this <laughs> album comes out. We're we're prepubescent teenagers. Full of hormones, dude. This album for me was was really revolutionary. Yes. It was it was dangerous, but your parents accepted it because oh, was that cute song Jump that was on the radio? <laughs> you know, they didn't know that the baby on the cover was smoking a pack of Marlboros. They didn't hear the rest of the album. Uh, it just—it was just a really cool record. Uh, MTV was coming into into view. Yep. The video jump was great. Hot for Teacher, Panama, like they mixed rock and and accessibility with like humor and and just a lot of class and and pomp and circumstance. Uh, I honestly haven't followed them for thirty years, twenty five years. But for that brief moment in time, they were the best band uh, in the world in my eyes. And I will still hold uh, to this day outside of maybe the bass line to Billie Jean. The guitar riff on Beat It is the best thing on Thriller. Prove me wrong. Oh, yeah. You can't. It's Eddie Van Halen. I mean, who's going to out guitar? Who's going to out riff 
Eddie Van Halen. I mean, it's obviously there are plenty, Stevie Ray Vaughan, and there's some amazing sure. guitarists out there. But Eddie Van Halen, no question, going down in history easily as one of the best guitarists ever. And uh, this week, I've done nothing but sit and listen to live Van Halen. And and I remember when David Lee Roth left after 1984, I was like, these these guys are done. I mean, who are they going to get to actually fill his his shoes? Had an amazing voice. Sammy Hagar comes in. I'm like, dude, he can't keep up with what David Lee Roth. Oh, no, he did. He can't do the splits. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah. He didn't need the splits. (laughs) He didn't need that shit. He had tequila. And uh, that motherfucker could just go. So, yeah, I, Van Halen after uh, David Lee Roth, the, the Van Halen brothers and, and, and Anthony, yeah. those guys, just they kept rolling. Yeah. Eddie was the motor behind all that. And yeah. uh, what, a, what a great uh, musician, uh, showman. Uh, I mean, from the guitar designs to the clothing to the I mean, he, he played synthesizer on jump. And I mean, just a really brilliant guy. Um, and really sad, uh, that he, he left us at such an early age. So, uh, rest in peace, Eddie, I'm sure you're up, up somewhere jamming with Jimmy and, uh, the rest of the guys and having a good time. All right. Shout outs. Shout outs. Let's do that. Eddie O'Neill over at Symphony Talent in Jacksonville, Florida and Neil with two L's Dunwoody from Titan Talent Services in Monahan. Ireland. Thanks for listening and uh, connecting, gents. Now, make sure that everyone you know subscribes to the Chad and Cheese wherever they listen to podcasts. Or just go to chadcheese.com. You can listen there, too. Nice, nice. Shout out to Shannon Pritchard. Uh, Shannon, uh, who used to be at, well, SourceCon and ERE, uh, has been at Career Crossroads for a year, and she celebrated her her first anniversary with them. Uh, They're a great organization, great people, so shout out to her. And by the way, a little-known fact about me, Barb Reese, uh, who works for Career Crossroads, hired me in this industry back in 97, so a little bit of a little bit of trivia about me and and Barb Reese and my connection to Career Crossroads. And I can guarantee you, Barb is saying, don't tell anyone that shit. <laughs> big, They're big, saying, why, Barb? Why? <laughs> why? Big shout out again to Madison Butler. This lady draws a crowd. I posted the Stop Hiring Racist podcast on LinkedIn. And who knew that a young black woman speaking her mind would bring so much love and hate yeah what, what's that what's that thing up to now 20 some it's thousand like 20 thousand yeah but i mean the thing that kills me is that we saw fake accounts on twitter and you see that i mean that's that that, that happens and it's easy to see but that kind of shit's happening on linkedin where these yeah. fake accounts are being created they're networking to each other they're getting people like us that connect with just about anybody because they want to be hyper connectors, which I don't think you or I really give two shits about. But anyway, they build up their following to an extent uh, to seem like they're real people and and they're not. It's it's nothing but trolling. And there's a network literally that find people like Madison and do everything they possibly can to keep her down and keep her voice uh, out attacking us attacking her and it's just like sure i'm just it's easy just block these fuckers yeah <laughs> but, do, you, do you have any like deep-seated conspiracy theories around this do you think like organizations are creating bots to 
to frustrate and dishearten champions of diversity and inclusion? Well, they did it during the 2016 election. That was fairly simple. I mean, they were trying to suppress black voters in this case, just taking it, you know, maybe a step or half a step and starting to try to suppress black voices. Who do you think they is? Uh, They're a bunch of Nazi fucking assholes. (laughs) How's that? (laughs) Da, comrade. Yes. Uh, shout out to Mike Cohen. Uh, we know him as Batman, oh, yeah. uh, but he was he was really uh, generous this week. Um, I got this little app startup thing he called Poach.ai. Don't talk about it much on the show, but Batman uh, tweeted out that he he liked the, the service so far and it was doing really well and, and people should definitely check it out. So that was big in my book. He doesn't just do that with anybody. So Mike, we appreciate you, man keep batting on and and october 31 coming that's probably batman's prime time man and this is all post covid for him i mean remember he had it uh so he's he's coming out he's swinging it's good it's good that uh he's uh he's at least feeling healthier love the batman love the batman on on a sour note i'm sorry kids but gordon collier posted on twitter last night that uh, he said, I'm salty tonight. Officially, I'm shutting down my career fit. Hashtag mm-hmm. COVID-19 sucks. And if you remember the Alexa firing mm-hmm. squad with Gordon Collier, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about my career fit, which is an Alexa mainly based, also worked with uh, with uh, Google Assistant. But mm-hmm. it uh, it helped companies get their voices out there to candidates who wanted to use more voice. And unfortunately, it looks like it's it's gone. The site is still up. I checked it. It's maybe he had a moment of bitterness. Maybe he'll come back, come back to the living. I don't know. But yeah, I Gordon's hope. a huge fan of the show. He's obviously listening. So Gordon, uh, yeah, send us an update and we'll, we'll let the people know what's going on. We know that startups are hard. Um, and you and I have, for since we started the show, tried to have been a champion of startups and give these folks a voice, you know, where, where they can't get one on the, the mainstream, you know, HR press. And, right. uh, we try to shine a lot on these guys and it's sad to see them, to see them go. So Gordon, we know you're out there. Uh, send us an update, get us, give us more color around, uh, what's going on. Is it just COVID and business is, is dead or is there something deeper than that? I'd certainly like to know. And I'm sure some listeners would also. Speaking of startups, uh, I'll go ahead and shout out uh, a company called Rectext. Uh, full disclosure, I'm an advisor for these guys, but they're a text messaging uh, company similarly, similar to uh, sponsor emissary of the show. Uh, but these guys, uh, I won't just, dis- dis- you know, give away too much, but they have the, the typical roller coaster ride of a startup. And uh, they recently had some big wins. Um, and they are encouraged by that and and, uh, and empowered to keep going. So startups out there, obviously, with Gordon are having issues and challenges, but they're also success stories. And I just wanted to share that uh, little tidbit of success out there for those startups that are that are maybe needing some uh, some encouragement to keep going. Yeah, well. Adam Conrad, who uh, is uh, is heading out to great recruiters. We just mm-hmm. dropped a firing squad podcast this week. Adam yeah. warned people on his LinkedIn page to prepare for some <laughs> not safe for work podcasting. And uh, yeah. David Serms, uh, CEO over at Haley Marketing, replied back, "Yeah, I, I don't mind at all. I'm a big ch- I'm a big fan of Chad and Cheese. Uh, yeah. One of the few podcasts I listen to." 
you regularly. Boom! Glad to hear it, David. I hope it's mandatory listening for all of Haley Marketing. All right. Well, from uh, cussing and bad language, let's jump to Beer Drop. Beer Drop. new promotion. Uh, it has its own website. It's so huge. Uh, head out to beerdrop.net. Not .com. We couldn't get that. Beerdrop.net. Sign up. Give us your address for a chance to win. Yeah, you guessed it. Free Hell beer, yeah. everybody. Beerdrop.net. Go there now. Beerdrop is uh, is something that John Thurman likes. He actually tweeted out, hey, Chad and Cheese, why didn't I think of offering free beer before is beyond me? Well played, gents. Well played. Hashtag big Oktoberfest fan and hashtag <laughs> sign me up. Well, John, sign yourself up, man. <laughs> It's not just about beer. It's also t-shirts. You can opt into mobile news in your pocket. Chadcheese.com slash free. Sign up for everything. That's what you want. You want everything. Trying to convince Chad to do a Chad and Cheese Speedo, but he has yet to uh, to agree to that. So I'm working on it, folks. Working on it. Hopefully by summer next year. Chad and Cheese Speedos. Events. We can go through events real quick. <laughs> So the uh, going back to your your rec text conversation, uh, mm-hmm. this this is pretty cool because the HR tech investor panel we did earlier this week. Any company or anyone who actually com- cares about what investors think, what they're looking for, uh, what they're not looking for, how to be a great founder and CEO, check out that reporting on my socials. We talked to investors uh, in companies like. ISIMS, who's very mm-hmm. closely tied to Vista. Mike Wilczek, the chief strategy officer over there. An angel investor uh, from Hungary, Peter Balog. A managing partner over at Unifier Ventures in Germany, Manuel Encarnacion. And David Guerin from Bright Eye VC in France. So we had France, Germany, Hungary, and the U.S., Uh, having conversations around not just about getting money, but if you're located in one of those areas, like most of our listeners are, what do you do? You know, everybody looks at the U.S. as this big pile of money, but do you go after it right out of the gate? So we had some really good conversations around that. Wow, that's a lot of countries. Did a fight break out? No, you weren't on the call. Uh, did you watch the debate last night, by the way? Oh my God. Yeah. Any, any, any tweets, uh, in, in verbal format you want to share? Oh, it was easy. I mean, as soon as the, the fly got stuck in Pence's (laughs) fucking wig, I had to go up and take a picture of it. And then I started sharing it. I mean, Michael, Mike Pence, guys, just so that you know, he's a fucking zombie. He is a corpse. He has no heart. He's a lying piece of shit. And you can tell because the flies just gather around corpse and pieces of shit. Yeah. Flies to shit. People don't know this. Uh, he's a he's a, a son of Columbus, Indiana. Yeah. Don't remind anyone. Sorry, I, I had to say that. So my, my takeaway from the, the debate is that before Trump, every four years, this shit would happen. There'd be a little, you know, kerfuffle on TV and it'd be fun to watch. Now it feels like every day is a shit show and these debates just mean nothing. They're just just, just reminders of how tired 
everyone is man this thing it's like the apprentice right like the apprentice was fun for a couple seasons it was entertaining by season four they had to get gary Busey on the show to get you to watch it right like this is just it's it's lost its entertainment value and it just pisses me off thank god for that fly i i died laughing for two minutes that fucking thing was on his head come on man Fucking robot, you can't feel a fly on your head anyway. Yeah, in fisticuffs, I take Kamala any day. She would have bitch slapped that fucker so quick. And what was up with his red eye, man? He had like some pink eye shit and some, oh man, anyway, let's just get to the news. It's COVID's topics. <laughs> Alio. Oh. oh. Sure, I did the shred on it. Uh, yeah. I mean, pretty basic stuff. HireVue, we know, is a pretty popular, well, very popular and successful video interviewing company. Obviously, everyone's trying to get on the automation train. Um, Alio, which I've been hearing for a long time, uh, trying to sell the company, like shopping the shit out of what they're doing. Um, apparently, all their competitors took a, took a hard pass. HireVue finally took the call and listened and uh, acquired the company. So they'll integrate the AI chatbot, conversational stuff, uh, scheduling, all the things that we talk about Alio tries to do. Uh, it's questionable of how good they, how well they do it. Alio raised $64 million, I yep. think. Most of that was last year. Yeah, they had a B. They did not disclose, they did not disclose the, the price tag, uh, which tells me it was less than $64. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably quite a bit less than that. Um, someone I talked to in the chat bot convo ai space said this was not a win either for alio or for the chatbot conversational ai uh industry um so take that for what it's worth alio as a brand will be gone probably by the time this uh, podcast airs and it looks like some of the employees will come but if you look at linkedin on in terms of the number of employees that alio has it kind of looks like they've been culling the herd, so to speak. So I'm not sure how many people are going to move over uh, to HireVue. But yeah, it looks like a, uh, a fire sale a little bit. And uh, good luck to HireVue integrating this stuff and, and being a platform of automation through the from high to hired Alio. Yeah. So from an anonymous industry source, I have a, a few points to, uh, mm-hmm. to to share with you. Alio was Please. burning cash like crazy, had to drastically reduce headcount, let mm-hmm. go of the lease of the office and pulled back on the product roadmap dramatically. Sales in the last six months were not great at all to be nice. Uh, They had to let go of their head of sales. He went packing the last day of Q2, pretty much get your box and get the fuck out. Nice. Rumor was at the end, VCs were all calling the shots. So it was like leadership step aside, VCs are coming in. And this was a distressed sale. Yeah. And that's putting it nicely. There's no way they covered the 64 by rumors in, in, in my opinion, there's no way they covered the 64 PE hub said it was a range between 50 and a hundred. And I think hmm. the range means it was 50. The big question is what was Alio's problem? They had the money, had smart people. What was their downfall? Ooh. Uh, it's all speculation from my point of view. Um, I know that the, there's been a, a high level of abrasiveness from the fa- at least one of the founders. Uh-huh. Um, and we've talked to Ankit lovingly called spank it, uh, yeah. for our podcast. So you can go back and, and listen to the archives, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's a disconnect between the technology and actually building a company, 
um, and building a service for our industry and sort of getting it. Obviously, it's, it was a very competitive space. So, and they were competing with people that knew the business and knew the industry and had contacts. So uh, that's a question I could only speculate on. I will say that I think the, the tech was a little bit suspect. Um, I went I went out just at curiosity's <laughs> sake. I wanted I went to Staples, which is one of their uh, flag you know flagship brands. Yeah. On the site and decided to to check out the 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 bot and um, so I went in and said basically you know the basic like hello I'm Alio Staples virtual recruiting assistant blah 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 and then it w- the question it asked me was would you like to find a job reply Y or N hopefully I, I knew yes Y was yes and N was no they didn't sort of speculate or uh, sig- signify that so anyway I replied N for no and what the reply I got was got it. Thanks for your interest. Goodbye with an exclamation point. So there wasn't even like, okay, well, would you like to know more about Staples? Or at least like, okay, well, here's a link to join Staples whatever program. Or like it was just, got it. Thanks. Bye-bye. Right? So Mm -hmm. they certainly did not seem to get the connection between branding, user experience, um, and the technology. And I'm assuming that may be carried over to a lot more of the product than just the yes or no, are you looking for a job? During the investor panel I talked about earlier, uh, Peter, the angel investor from Hungary said that he looks for, the number one thing he looks for is not the tech, it's the founder. Leadership wins the day. And I had another source, when I asked about leadership, Alio, um, they said, uh, quote, first time CEO, no industry experience, full yeah. of hubris, unable and unwilling to see his blind spots and led by the whip. So again, from an investor who mentors founders and these guys had a shit ton of cash people. The thing that I was able to just myself kind of pull together and talking to a bunch of people is leadership is everything. Focus is everything. Not trying to be all things to everyone, even though you have a shit ton of cash. It doesn't matter. We've seen startups burn out $18 million in 18 months. Now yeah. we've got now we've got a 64 million who more than likely is not going to be able to cover. So that from my standpoint. I hope that leadership takes a step back and they reassess and they learn from this because they're going to go out and they're going to do this again. Right. And I hope they do. And I hope they become successful, but they've got to get better at leading. Yeah. Stop me if you've heard this before, right? Like people, startups that come in that have no core competency around employment have a really tough time being successful. So aside from everything you said, which is true, not understanding our buyer is, is a real hurdle for these companies and startups. Well, and and the higher view outlook, I I see the problem with this play is that higher view has been in the market for many years and they haven't been acquired. They have nearly a hundred million dollars in funding. They, aren't turning into an ATS anytime soon. They have become a bloated point solution. And now they're bloated point solutions. So mm-hmm. where does higher view go? They, nobody's going to buy them unless there's a huge HCM player who wants to try to get into the space. But there are so many players in the interview space yeah. who can partner with conversational AI to be able to try to do some of the things that higher view is doing at a much, much, much lower price point. Yep. 
Yeah, the mo- the moat around that business has has dwindled and dried up. Oh, yeah. There's no moat. Yeah, I was being nice. There's a little <laughs> bit of a moat. There might be uh, an alligator somewhere on the loose uh, in that moat that might that might get you. But yeah, the <laughs> the protection of that business has 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 gone away over the years, and it's sort of coming to fruition. This sort of feels a little bit like a hail mary to try to save things and become more of an automation platform, but it's feels be- like Intello, right? When Intello, oh, yeah. had, right. When Intello uh, also did the, the bundle buy of, um, convey IQ. Yes. Yeah. Convey IQ. They did the, yeah. they did the bundle and it was like, Oh, we're going to stay alive. Yes. For how long? Yeah. As, as close as the dinosaur snuggle, that meteorite <laughs> still, still gets them, man. It, it never, never fails, never fails. But you know, who's not, a dinosaur and they love to snuggle. That's George LaRock. He's a snuggler, man. That LaRock guy does snuggle, man. He's not quite the hugger sack it is, but he's a snuggler. HR wins acquired by Unleash and Unleash is, is going to go into a new market. Uh, George LaRock, HR wins acquired by Unleash and George is now mm-hmm. the SVP of Insights. Moving on up, my man. Uh, awesome to hear, and congrats to Mark Coleman and the rest mm-hmm. of the Unleashed team as well for yeah. this smart pickup. I didn't think this was big at first. Then I sat back and yep. and I read more on the Unleashed site, and I went, "Wait a minute, there's something here." Yeah, I mean, uh, I think time will tell exactly what this means. But yeah. I mean, we know we know George is sort of the the eye in the sky on uh, investment money and where capital's flowing. He was in charge of, or at least partly in charge of, the U.S. operation for Unleash. So there's there's obviously some relationship there. There's some synergies there. Um, Unleash obviously wants to get into the U.S. and have someone with a core competency around our market to do that. But I think uh, what I'm surprised about, and I think what you're going to elaborate on is, is sort of Unleash has taken this, this, you know, this virus, this pandemic, this, uh, this horrible situation and said, we're going to grab the bull by the horns and we're going to try to grow and gobble up market share and try to find opportunities where other people are, are, you know, fearful and, and under the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is, this is symbolic of Unleash saying, you know what? There's an opportunity here. Um, we're going to take it, and George is a great piece to put into that into that business into the U.S. Obviously, the the data play with what George does uh, with his surveys, yeah. with his his money. You know, and he has a team now. He's got a fucking chart for everything. Uh, the guy takes <laughs> dumps every week, and he's got a, a chart for it. So I think putting that data into the conference side, into I think probably the archive presentations that are there. I think all of it it creates a really interesting, almost educational uh, foundation that the company can really grow outside of events and be an intelligence tool, be a yeah. um, an education tool. Uh, a subscription-based uh, business, maybe where you know you pay X per you know per month, and if you're a premier, you know if you're an Unleash Plus member, you get to come to all the events for half off or free. Um, I think it's a pretty genius move. But until this thing starts to unfold um, and they start announcing more of what it looks like, it's it's just promise at this point. But I think both of us are pretty excited about what it it's going to be or what it could be. Yeah, it has an opportunity to become a rundle, reoccurring revenue bundling. I can see that all day. So here's here's what I'm saying. It's a tale of two companies, ERE, who we know is an as an event company that does a lot of content, 
mm-hmm. they tried an event early COVID about $1,500 per ticket. And from my understanding, it, it, it didn't go well. They had to cut headcount uh, and they went into hibernation, right? Yeah. So, so ERE made a decision. They said, look, what we're going to do is we're going to squirrel up our nuts and we're going to go into hibernation. So when that happens, kids, there's a vacuum, right? And somebody's going to get pulled into that vacuum. Now, Unleash wants to get into the U.S., wants to be able to take market share from a conference standpoint and from a mind share standpoint. That was something mm-hmm. that in ERE was very good at very early on. They had all these writers, all this content. The mind share was on ERE. Today, it's pretty much almost dead. It's on life support, right? So yeah. now Unleash, what do they do? I can see what's going on. We can start to build what ERE always wanted to be and never really became. Mm-hmm. Unleash can actually make this happen. And with a guy like George at the helm here in the US, I think there's great promise for it. Yeah. George, George, George of the jungle. Did you say hibernating nuts? Can can nuts hibernate? Because mine have been hibernating ever since my vasectomy. <laughs> Boom. And whenever Christine allows you to have them. Oh, let's hear from Job Ad X, everybody. Doors are reopening and business is picking back up. With the workforce making its comeback and with many rebuilding their teams, are you prepared to engage the wave of returning job seekers? Whether you're struggling to fill high-volume hourly roles or looking for long-term full-time talent, your recruiting toolkit needs to be lean and mean as you adjust with fewer resources, tighter budgets, and rapid hiring needs in a saturated and competitive market. Posting jobs shouldn't be a lengthy, risky, or fruitless process. You can count on Job AdX to be your force maximizer. Automate the details of your programmatic job ad distribution, candidate targeting, and budget management so you can focus your energy on the big picture and human aspects of recruiting top talent. Reach relevant candidates effortlessly across 200 sites in the U.S. and Canada. Simply upload a feed of your jobs and set your budget in less than five minutes. We do the rest. Getting an influx of applicants already that just aren't the right fit? JobAdX presents your jobs to targeted candidates based on their job preferences to get granular. Now your advertising spend can go towards more relevant candidates, not just more applicants. What's more, your JobAdX programmatic campaigns now reach the government job bank systems in over 30 states, giving you centralized access to the majority of active job seekers eager to get off of unemployment and get back to work. Send us a note today with your unique challenge to see how we can help you in the new state of recruiting. Make the next step forward and start your results-focused campaign now at JobAdX.com. That's J-O-B-A-D-X.com. Running with the devil. <laughs> Glass door and ind- what show would be complete without talking about at least Indeed or Glassdoor? And we've got it for you, folks. Together, first and foremost, let's talk about yeah. <laughs> Glassdoor's diversity inclusion ratings. Okay. Yeah. So Glassdoor now gives current or former employees the opportunity to rate an organization's DNI efforts on a five point scale results of a survey that showed 72 percent of the uk job seekers and employers value a diverse workforce as an important factor when considering where to work or whether to accept a job offer this rose dramatically 86 Mm percent among black respondents and 85 percent among asian respondents is this a big deal 
Well, you're the DNI guy. You're, are you excited? No. <laughs> well, I'll give you my take, and then you can tell us why you're not excited. Okay. Um, so I, there are a few takeaways from this. Num- number one is it's not real obvious where these scores are or where they can be found. This has been being tested for quite a while. So I went to the the sites that they that they highlight, like Facebook, Salesforce, Google, and I can't find this rating anywhere. So I don't even know if it's public or what's going on. So that's a little bit of a it's it'd be helpful if I could actually see it to comment on it. Um, so huh. unless I'm missing something, please please let me know. The second one is I think ironically uh, the new feature sort of discriminates. Sorry to use that word, uh, no pun intended, but. Uh, against small businesses, like I think it's I think it's effective when you have a really big company. But when you have what eighty plus percent of the job opportunities in this country are from startups and small businesses, I just feel like you can have more data. There's more diversity just by the fact that you have more numbers, so you're going to have a better score. So I just don't know if it 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 hurts smaller businesses that it, it wouldn't that it shouldn't right like if i see if i see a company with a five-star review and i know that that is off of two reviews i don't give it a whole lot of credibility right if it's yeah. a five-star review with three three thousand reviews like that has a lot of a lot of uh, weight with me i'm not sure this score that's going to be that intuitive the third thing i i thought about was just the anonymity of it right you're asking departing employees, for example, um, and we know from the LinkedIn company meeting mm-hmm. from back in June, like you throw anonymity with uh, company feedback and all hell could break loose. So I think that is uh, is an issue uh, to think about. Whereas with reviews, if if someone leaves a shitty review, like I can sort of use my brain to go, OK, that's either like sour grapes or somebody had a bad day or that's just unrealistic or maybe even it's a seed a seeded uh, review to screw the company or something else, it's kind of harder to do with a diversity score as far as like, you know, what's going on there. And then the fourth thing I thought of was like fucking Glassdoor, man, they're really good at PR. This is a great PR play. Um, It's also a great sales play, right? So if you can go into these big companies and be like, hey, diversity score, uh, promote your profile page, you know, continue to be a Glassdoor client, because you're going to help your diversity inclusion recruiting uh, strategies. Like it feels a little bit like a PR marketing slash sales play as well. And that's, those are my, that's my hot take on Glassdoor's DNI. Yeah. So this is, I think it's just arbitrary nothingness and they're pandering to the DNI initiatives with complete and utter bullshit. (laughs) Unless the company provides full transparency of their workforce composition. I mean, which companies don't. So Mm -hmm. orgs can say they embrace diversity. Okay, then what are your numbers? If that's the case, then then demonstrate your numbers and be more transparent. What about retention of Mm -hmm. underrepresented populations? Any employee resource groups? What's the impact in purpose, culture, and business. I mean, that's the thing is, is this is very surface oriented. It is cosmetic and all indeed, I'm sorry, Glassdoor is trying to do is go out and rake up cash by saying DNI. That's all they're doing. This yeah. is worthless piece of shit. Don't do it. I think you said what I did, but much more to the point. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate it. Did you know that Google doesn't claim its company profile page on Glassdoor? 
I find that really interesting. Much like our friend from Red Bull said it's all bullshit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he he might have been on a few Red Bulls when he made that comment. Could have been. Could have been. I, I could use a Red Bull. So we're talking about Indeed or Glassdoor, but but yeah. also dragging Indeed. I received uh, some, uh, actually an email this week. It was forwarded to me mm-hmm. uh, with an, a Glassdoor and Indeed integrated header. It was blue transitioning into that ugly ass green and it just, it was ugly. I thought it was fake. Yeah, that looked like a bad Fiverr contract worker. But it wasn't. And and after receiving several comments from different companies, it seems like none of the Glassdoor and Indeed sales are actually coordinating. It's chaotic. Yeah. There's a bunch of uh, Indeed people trying to cross-sell Glassdoor while Glassdoor is trying to do the exact same thing with different bundles. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in a quote from one of those people, what's interesting is neither Glassdoor nor Indeed reps seem too educated on what the other platform has to offer. Uh, <laughs> another, another said, uh, we didn't like that we wouldn't be able to direct our spend between Glassdoor and Indeed on the back end. Our mm-hmm. Glassdoor rep said it was in beta testing right now. Not sure if nice. it's going to be launched. So, I mean, from my standpoint, this is a very big company that is having leadership issues uh, th- because yeah. this is amateur stuff. If they're if they are bundling it, it should be standard and simple so that salespeople can't fuck it up. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds to me like a, a too many chefs in the kitchen situation and maybe different kitchens uh, trying to throw stuff at the wall. Yeah. Leadership, clearly a problem. Uh, I mean, we had layoffs, pretty extreme layoffs at Glassdoor uh, earlier, earlier this year that is obviously impacting uh, things. It sounds like maybe some salespeople are going rogue on their marketing stuff. I don't know. Um, the image that I saw that, of what you shared like look like my 13 year old could have made it. Um, but who knows? This just, this just underscores to me, like they can't gobble, they can't swallow glass door quickly enough um, and get rid of all the, the duplicate moving parts. And if this is going on in just a simple email, imagine what's going on internally with miscommunication and yes. confusion and, and leadership, you know, crisscross. Yeah. This is going to continue until they just cut ties with Glassdoor folks and make it all just indeed Glassdoor or Glassdeed as we've called it in the past. Migrate those salespeople over to Indeed, create a standard selling package Mm -hmm. and go. Next question. There's none of this bullshit cross-selling things that don't fucking exist. Uh, Again, this is a leadership issue. And unfortunately, one of those organizations is going to have to step the fuck up and standardize stuff. Uh, Not to mention, I mean, we talked about Indeed Flex last week. I mean, and and they're listening, Chad. They're listening to they're listening to us. They're (laughs) listening. Hi, Indeed. But but here's the thing. They're doing so much that is not Indeed like. They're putting out platforms that make no sense. They're not, they're not hitting the market the way they used to hit the market, the way that they won. They took over. They dominated the market. They're not doing any of that now. None of it. This kind of shit is just fucking amateur hour, and it blows my mind. Leadership is an issue. They have gone from starving junkyard pit bulls to little pussy poodles. <laughs> And it's coming out in the marketing material. Where's Paul Forster when you need him? God damn it. Call him back. Job Vite, the leading end-to-end talent acquisition suite. 
Named a leader in ATS, recruitment, marketing, CRM, and onboarding on G2. Kim B says Jobvite is a user-friendly, passionate enterprise team that takes care of you. Jolly good. Jeffrey R says candidates are constantly telling us we get it right compared to other orgs. Love that. Results driven by AI. Connections built by humans. Jobvite. Learn how you can evolve your TA function at jobvite.com. Great. Now I get to be a stripper. Yeah, we haven't had a stripper uh, story in in at least, I don't know, two weeks. A month. Yeah, two weeks, a month, something like that. Jeez. What the hell? Uh, well, if, if you're looking for enterprising folks with, with a, a knack for entrepreneurialism, look no further than your local strip club, everybody. Uh, we got a story out of L.A. this week uh, where strippers at... Uh, so they were they were working at Jumbo's Clown Room, uh, which I mean, come on, bro, that's got to be a hoopty ass strip club. Jumbo's Clown Room. So they launched the Cyber Clown Girls. I haven't I haven't tested the product. I don't know if they dress like clowns or pixelated clowns being cyber. But anyway, these girls said, look. They're waiting for someone to save their jobs, uh, what they were doing, and realized, hey, we're going to have to save ourselves. So they're performing virtual strip teases, and they're doing it, I think, on Zoom. They're selling tickets through Eventbrite. But, I mean, come on. This is America. Things are tough. The economy's down. Let's think intuitively. Let's be creative. Let's take our show to the internet. I applaud you, strippers. They can scale. At least, right? Because it's 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 hard when you're in a place that can only hold like twenty. Oh, good God, twenty <laughs> people in perverts row, right? But if you're online and you can allow two hundred people on perverts row, sure. There's at least the idea is scalable. The problem is that porn all over the internet is free, so guys can go get this wherever they want to. What's so yeah. special about that? If if I was in their shoes, I wouldn't want some old fucker drooling all over me or some 24-year-old getting handsy. So I think this is a safer option along with the, the drive-through stripper story that we did a, a few months ago. I think sure. there's the opportunity to evolve and do what they want to do, but I'm just not sure it'll it'll gain traction. Yeah. I mean, look, these girls are no joke, right? Like in the story... They've got billboards at bus stops. They've got social media. Um, I mean, they're working the angle. Obviously, you know, porn can be had for free, but these are local girls. They're appealing to, I guess, L.A. sensibilities, and it's working for them. A few weeks ago, we talked about the drive through uh, strip club, right? Like you paid yeah. your fee. Uh, it was germ free. You stay in your car. Uh, the girls perform for you. You got food. Yeah, I'm seeing all kinds of stories about OnlyFans, people making a living and six figure salaries and, uh, you know, just big dollars for people who were, you know, uh, waiting tables and delivering Amazon packages. Um, Unfortunately, uh, my OnlyFans page uh, has got (laughs) zero subscribers, so I'm doing something wrong or there's no no demand for that supply. You know what I'm saying? But if you're interested, head out to OnlyFans.com slash cheesehead. And uh, and donate. Just kidding. That does not exist. And I need a beer. <laughs> and we, we out. out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? A podcast. The Chad. The cheese. Brilliant. 
They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know. And yet, you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. So many cheeses. And not one word. So weird. Anywho... Be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.